is at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to the Bucks Banter Podcast. This is our 75th episode all time. And it's one of my favorite episodes of the year because I'm going to unveil my the first version of my mock draft for this year, 1.0. It's officially submitted, boys. It'll be uh, published probably tomorrow, maybe Friday, over at BucksGameDay.com, which, of course, is the only Sports Illustrated website dedicated specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So make sure you get all your written Buccaneers content there. And while you're here, please feel free to subscribe, turn on notifications, all that good stuff so you can support the YouTube channel. Helps us out a great deal, and we appreciate it. Scott, Bodan, I hope you're doing well. We want to be time efficient here. We have 31, not 32 picks to Mm. cover this evening. Um, So shout out Tom Brady for Tampa in that Miami front office. (laughs) There you go. Last gift. A last yeah. gift he gave us, right? One last, one last pick to talk about. That's right. So, um, yeah, no one else has seen this mock. I sent it to these guys just a couple minutes before we went live here. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to just pull out my little Google sheet so any of our, anyone watching on YouTube can actually see the picks that we're talking about. Uh, so let me just do that for a moment here, gentlemen. Boys, the draft's coming up, though. I got to say, I'm pretty I excited know. about that. Pretty I know. Excited. I know. So good. So good. Whenever we get the, a crop of quarterbacks coming in, I, I mean, we always do t- typically, but uh, we still don't know what's going to happen at the top, uh, which is which is so exciting. And, um, you know, I do love the draft. It, I think it's a little bit crazy how much we cover it, but at the same token, like I absolutely eat up every bit of it. Literally, I'm on a podcast about it right now. So I can't wait to talk about some of these guys and just as much as I can't wait to talk about them, I also just can't wait to see where they end up and see what teams are thinking. Like I, I yeah. like the I like the prognostication prognostication and just like bullshitting going back and forth with mocks. But then actually on draft night when you see it's like oh shit they reach for that guy or they like that guy or they prioritize this over that. I love that. I love that shit so much. Hell yes, hell yes. So let's get into it, shall we? I'll go through the first few picks here, and uh, and then we'll take a breather, and you guys can throw any questions my yeah. way. You can call me out if, any, if there's anything you want to ask about any of these particular players. Um, we'll go ahead and do that. So Panthers taking Bryce Young. I mean, if it were me, I'd be taking C.J. Stroud, but it isn't me, and uh, the prevailing thought is Bryce Young. Scott, on a previous episode a few weeks ago, about a month ago, we were saying how it was a great time to jump on Bryce Young because mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud was the favorite. I forget what the what it was. I don't know if you remember what the what the juice was on that. I I can't remember what it was, but I know it wasn't what it is now. He's Bryce Young is now up to minus twelve hundred. I'm looking on Bet three six five right now. Jeez. Absolutely massive favorite, which hasn't been like we hasn't been the case the whole time leading up. I mean, I saw Anthony Richardson. I think get to like plus one seventy five at one point a few weeks ago. It's so funny watching these markets move just based on interviews or maybe even an Adam Schefter tweet or something like that. And uh, not maybe like a hundred percent, a Schefter tweet could move, could move these lines. Right. So uh, yeah. So, I mean, n- no harm in shaming Bryce Young minus 1200 and then, and then Stroud is plus 800 to be the top pick right now. So there you have it. Yeah. Uh, and then at, at number two, I got the Texans taking CJ Stroud. I, I want to be clear. I have CJ Stroud going second. 
I think if the Texans are, there's lots of rumblings that they are not into into CJ Stroud. They're they're leaning towards just taking the best defensive player, whether likely Will Anderson, who knows. I think if that's going to happen, they'd be better off sliding down a few picks, maybe swapping spots with the Colts, and you're still going to get a tremendous difference maker on the defensive end. And you're going to get some draft capital as well. So I've left CJ Stroud there. I'm not projecting specific trades because I don't know. I think that's kind of dumb. I, no, yeah, and it's just impossible. It's just impossible. No disrespect yeah. to anyone who does it. Like I appreciate no. it and respect it, but um, you know. Anyway, yeah. um, and sorry, Carl. Just for what it's worth, the bet I'm looking at the number two overall odds as well here. Uh, Bo, I don't know if you saw this. Will Anderson at plus two hundred is technically the favorite right now with Stroud and Levis both at plus two fifty. The Levis then, one is interesting. Right? Yeah, Levis is very interesting. Right? And, it's, and it's obviously interesting because the odds might not necessarily correspond with, oh, uh, you know, you didn't go to two, then you'll you'll have the you'll have the highest odds at three. It's it's team dependent, right? So we can talk about that a little bit more. But obviously, they're giving um, giving real like the books are giving real credence to the fact that Levis could be the guy for the Texans, or if they know someone's going to move up to number two, right? So I just that shocked me today. I was I was going through the odds, hadn't looked at kind of hadn't looked at these sorts of things in the last week or so, like the number two, three, and four overall pick. And Levis up to plus two fifty was, yeah, caught me. Yeah, and the Tex, you know, for me obviously with this particular market, the Texans do stick there and take Will Anderson. It's going to screw a lot of this up, but that's part of the fun <laughs> of it. Um, so for now, I'm standing pat. Like like I got time. Like, oh. Yeah. I might throw it at 2.0 on a week from now on Wednesday, right? Just to take some of those freebies when some of the word starts to, to come yeah. out. So I just love I? looking at, I just love looking at the odds. Cause that is basically your most up-to-date way to, to see what's going on, honestly. And it's, it is, it is, yeah. it totally is. You're right. Yeah. Um, so then I got Will Anderson going to the Cardinals. Like I said, first defensive player off the board, the Cardinals have so many holes. I mean, you might as well start at the edge rusher, rusher position. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that team is in a rough spot, man. Like, holy, oh yeah, God. And then uh, the Colts need a quarterback, and Anthony Richardson, a tantalizing talent, all the tools in the world, literally, literally, uh, and figuratively, the most physically gifted athlete who has ever declared for the draft as a quarterback, uh, based on on all of the athletic testing and all the numbers. So, um, incredibly high ceiling. I mean. Chris Ballard, the way he operates, a lot of people think Will Levis. I mean, if C.J. Stroud's there, I think he's he, he those guys fit more of his M.O. and his criteria generally, at least based on his draft history. Uh, but we shall see. And uh, Jalen Carter, five to the Seahawks. I mean, okay, okay. He's, he's the talk of the town, of course, based on all the off-the-field stuff and does he really want it, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, I feel like with Pete Carroll – I feel like he has the ultimate faith in himself to if there's any character concerns or whatever it may be. Like, I don't think I feel like he thinks that he can he can get through to that guy and he's a player's Mm. coach. And I think it's tough to ignore just how dominant and disruptive of a player Jalen Carter is um, and how good he could be right away. So the other thing I want to say in terms of Jalen Carter is I would keep an eye on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I'm not the first one to, to put the to connect the dots, but loaded with two two first round picks. And they really want an interior defensive lineman having lost Javon Hargrave to the Niners. Um, Jalen Carter, I think, could be a target to them. If he slips to 10, then they've hit a goal mine because there's no way the Eagles would not take Jalen Carter um, if he's mm. there for them at 10. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. right up to the top five, gentlemen. Okay. 
What a okay, crazy change. Yeah. Like just like the big picture for me is like from last year, top five is all defensive players, right? And at least mm. we got we're, this is the more traditional draft, but like even if you look at it, we still got a lot of defensive players going in the first eight players here. So um yeah. it's interesting that way. I think it does like when I look at the top five, I think those top four picks are basically safe to be. Um I think Will Anderson might be the best player in this draft. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way that it's all shakes out. The way that we actually remember this night, we're like, oh, how'd that guy go three? This is Miles Garrett 2.0 or whatever, mm-hmm. 1.5, whatever you want to say. Um, but the Seahawks taking Jalen Carter is such a big gamble to me. Um, and it's just so interesting because I think they do need some help up front. But how, like with the roster that they have, are they going to be be picking i guess unless they get more broncos picks in the in the in the chest right but are they gonna be picking up here ever again it's like do they take a big swing is this the team that the texans are trying to trade with um that's the seahawks are just the most interesting team to me uh mm. on next thursday night it's tough to get a read for where they're at no question because what you're suggesting makes perfect sense they're, they're this high right now like fifth overall pick uh geno smith isn't going to be around for the next eight years and the rest of their roster is clearly uh aside from you know you got lock and some guys there but they're trying to kind of remold things and, and build for the future mm-hmm. at the same time of being competitive so what you're saying makes perfect sense bo how fun would like would like anthony richardson be if he was a seahawk or oh my like, god um yeah yeah. There's yeah, no there's yeah. no Seahawks fan that's not cheering for that right now. They're well, they're just where they just really like the biggest gamble and just like the highest ceiling possible. The other but, thing uh, is they could be uh they could clearly be a player for Hendon Hooker. I mean, he you mm. know, aside from like the body type or or whatever, like there's some similarities there to Geno Smith. I feel like he's capable of running like a similar offense if that's something they're stuck on. Well, I think Hooker is actually slightly older than Geno Smith. Um, he's uh, he's actually in, in into early retirement. No, he is old though. He is old as fuck. Uh, who doesn't Who doesn't love an old Hooker? I. <laughs> Pete Carroll does. Oh man, hey, maybe I could see him down in Tijuana, perhaps. Anyway, I don't, I don't um, want to throw any spoilers out, but we'll get we'll get to the hand and Hooker takes. For sure. Right. Okay. So a couple couple things. I mean, I don't know about Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. I I I have them pretty similar, to be completely honest. I think it's totally fair, and obviously, based on the yeah, based on the books and everything, call. I think you're 100 percent right. That's what's going to happen. Uh, the Panthers did a good job, kind of holding off. I feel like on tipping their hand as to what they were going to do until relatively recently. So Bryce Young there sounds good. I'm wondering if the Cardinals are a prime trade candidate. Maybe someone gets a little antsy and they move up to to possibly get a quarterback, right? So uh, I think, hey, if if they had the third pick, you know, they're not taking a quarterback. Obviously, Will Anderson, yes, that makes more than enough sense. Um, and maybe this is just a blind spot for, for me, but have they been targeted as a main, um, you know, potential trade trade chip or trade the team? The Cardinals? Yeah. No, everyone's talking about the Texans, but I think you bring up a great point because they're yeah. the team that unequivocally doesn't need a quarterback. Exactly. So in that uh, top four, so it makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Yeah. So I can see someone getting antsy, or I don't know exactly what goes on. Depends with with Levis and Richardson, but if they have one of those guys, let's say considerably, uh, you know, graded or graded considerably higher, if you, I don't know. 
let's say you're Seattle, for example, and you know you're you're thinking about your quarterback situation and how long you have Geno. Do you do you make the big trade to move up a couple spots and get your guy if you love Richardson, for example? Um, I don't know. Just thinking out loud here as I as I see the mock unveiled and um, yeah, wheels are wheels are turning. Just one more thing on that, like the Geno angle of all of this is interesting, especially yeah. because he signed that big extension this summer already. But if you really right. look at that, I was looking at that contract. It's really just one year. It's one year, twenty seven mm. million, and they can get out of it after that. Yeah. Um. So if they like, I think if you're looking for a team that's going to maybe make a gamble on a quarterback and try to jump over the Colts, I think that's I think that's a team, right? Like if if we're going to see three QBs going in a row, I think it's mm-hmm. because the Seahawks made a move. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's keep chugging along down here. Um, Lions and Raiders are going to group them together because I think they're these are where the two cornerbacks are going to go off the board first. Yeah, there, there is a clear tier tier one of the cornerback position, and that is. Yeah. Christian Gonzalez and De- Devin Witherspoon. I have the Lions taking Witherspoon here just because he's such a Dan Campbell dude. Like between, like ultimately you couldn't like Christian Gonzalez is kind of like the finesse. Like he's that AJ Terrell mold, mold like smooth yeah. mover, like just super textbook, refined technique, tremendous athlete. Like he is a clean AF prospect. Devin Witherspoon's kind of that nasty dog at the on the outside who's going to be a tone setter for your entire secondary. He loves to support the run and lay the lumber and he's just, yeah. he's a dog, right? So he's which one? So speak- fun to watch. He's yeah. so fun to watch when he's not playing against your team. Um, totally. Having watched him. I, I, I think, I think I said this on the, uh, on the previous episode, uh, cause it has been this way for a while, right? These two guys were their own tier as the, from a corner, from the cornerback uh, position. Right. So, I had just seen more of Witherspoon than Gonzalez at Illinois versus Oregon, right? And I absolutely loved what I saw. Um, I think, boom, that makes a ton of sense. Just a Campbell, more of a Campbell guy. That And I hate to say shit like that, like, because it's like, whatever. But no, I could see it coming down to that, right? Uh, if they are looking at uh, at cornerback in that spot. So I love it. I love those, I love those two going in the top seven there. And if he's a Campbell yeah. guy, he's sorry, Bo, but if he's a Campbell guy, he's a Brad Holmes guy. Cause Brad Holmes obviously yeah. hired Dan Campbell for a reason. Right. So he yeah. appreciates that same, that same mindset. So sorry, Bo. Has yeah. Bo. I think both, both of these uh, fan bases <laughs> would be super happy with this. Like the Christian, yeah. I was talking to a Raiders fan today and then like Christian Gonzalez, if, if he's there, I'll be happy with that. So um, yeah, I think I love those two picks are really good to me. Yeah. Love that. Tyree Wilson. I mean, I believe I've looked at a lot of mock drafts, obviously. So like, I don't know who's is who's, but uh, I believe Lance Zerline for NFL.com is one of the best in the business. And he's very much plugged in. He lives in Houston with the Texans. I think he had the Texans taken Tyree Wilson at too. So that's really cool. interesting. He's wow. the, he's the traits guy. He's the bendy freak athlete, yeah. super long, um kind of like last year's Trayvon Walker not the same style Tyree Wilson's a little different but like just in terms of those yeah those traits speaking louder than anything else but Tyree Wilson was more productive than Trayvon Walker obviously he's playing for Texas Tech different situation um, but there's no doubt that a lot of GMs are going to be enamored with him and for the Falcons to get him at eight this is an interesting one because the Falcons have done a lot of work in, through free agency addressing their D-line um, and you might think oh well then maybe they're going to move somewhere else different position, whatever. Apparently they're, they're, they're fond of Ritter. Otherwise would they not be like going for Lamar Jackson as we've discussed offline? Um, and, and if they 
didn't believe in Ritter, then I would be all about going for Anthony Richardson um, if he were here. But I, in this scenario, I'll have them taking Tyree Wilson, uh, who could end up being the best edge in this class, even though Will Anderson is clearly, in most people's eyes, the number one edge. Uh, but, you know, NFL scouts, GMs, they, they, they really focus on those traits and how transferable they are. Man, I, th- I think they could – I think this is a prime team to possibly move up and, and try to snag one of these quarterbacks. I do. And I, I totally agree. I, I'm with you, Colin. I, do, I think they like Ritter. But would they get him in the third round? It's not like this unbelievable sunk cost if you just find – if you find a guy in the next draft that you like much better, right? So I'm just – hey – no idea, just kind of uh, kind of what I'm thinking when it comes to the it's, Falcons. I could be, I could just, be completely yeah. wrong. I just, I like if I was that GM, I'd be like, am I willing to get fired over this? Because if I trade picks to move up and we're shit again next year, I'm I'm screwed. You're like, yeah, it's your job. You're like, oh, there's yeah. no it, there's no coming back from that, right? You'd have to be like, imagine on... trading up for Zach Wilson. Yeah. That's 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 the question. That's like. Imagine if you were the GM that was like, "I'm tra- that I'm in love with Zach Wilson. I'm trading up for him. He's in well." That guy, so. that guy would have been wrong, but we right? don't know That's... this yet. <laughs> <laughs> we know sure. that guy's wrong. We don't know this. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. I think they're I, as much as they. My whole point is, as much as they like Ritter, and I like Ritter, yeah. they're not. It's not. They didn't get him with the with the ninth pick last year, and you feel like you have to kind of ride it out for at least two years. Is all I'm saying. That's just kind of where my head's at. Yeah. They need a mobile quarterback for sure. Uh, obviously, Ritter's mobile. Um, but, man, like, I just can't – the Lamar thing or the Anthony Richards thing, like, those guys would just be so perfect for for Arthur Smith and Arthur Blank, the Arthurs in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, the Bears. I got them taking the most people's top top uh, left tackle, probably the number one left tackle in the draft, Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah. He's He's not a transcendent tackle. Like, I don't think this tackle class compares to the Werfs, Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas here by any means. Um, it feels like we always get a left tackle that comes in that's just supposed – that's just unbelievable, though, right? It's funny. It, it's funny when – you know, obviously he's really good, but he's not this surefire Hall of Famer or sometimes that we get. Yeah. I just yeah. noticed that when I was kind of reading through and, and looking at the tackles and comparing it to past drafts. For sure. And the interesting thing about this tackle class is that some of them project potentially to be they're, they're pretty versatile. Paris mm. Johnson is a true left left tackle. Yeah, uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about some of the others and their versatility. The Bears need help on the O-line. It's a no brainer. They've addressed they've added some weapons. They've given field some receivers, obviously, with um, the players they've acquired there, Claypool and they got DJ Moore. So um, they got Komet at tight end. They still got uh, Moody. Mooney so yeah so anyway they got it they got to address the O-line get the best tackle on the board bingo bango here I have the Eagles they're they're still gonna suck I think but anyway yeah they're they're not there yet that's for sure um but if you want like if if Field is going to uh, discover his potential as a passer, the potential I believe he has as a well-rounded quarterback, not just a strict runner um you got to keep him upright and you got to have weapons so they're trying to do that Ryan agreed you know is what it is. It's going to take some time. I got Bijan going to the Eagles. Obviously, this is wow. a shot. Yeah. Like, um, but I think, again, I think if the Eagles can, they're going to package their picks and try and find a way to get Jalen Carter. I truly mm. do. I think it makes okay. too much sense. Um, this is, that, for me, this is like the CJ Stroud thing where it's like, okay, this guy should go two and this guy should go 10. 
Um, yeah. It might not be the Eagles, does it? But yeah, I, I like you look at the tape. This kid is ridiculously. He's bad. unbelievable. Yeah. He's unbelievable. Yeah, Bijan is Bijan is incredible. He's can... he's going to be an all all pro caliber running back right away. Right? He's a um, yeah, snap I, one. And yeah. And, you know, they got Rashad Penny on a cheap ass deal. Like you need multiple backs. And yeah. I just think this is a pure luxury pick. The Eagles coming off a Super Bowl run. Um have two first round picks. So mm-hmm. what yeah. who is it who is in a better position to kind of ignore the draft capital and just take this transcendent running back talent who would actually help their team fit a bit of a need? I mean, by God, how him with Hertz and that O line and that as a game, it's unbelievable. Like so I just I've, think I've, I've I'm listening to that uh, New Heights podcast a little bit every once in a while. I've heard, heard them talk about Howie Roseman's philosophy. It doesn't seem like they're like they'd be shocked if it's B. John Robinson. Apparently, Kelsey saw him in the facility and was like, "Holy shit, this kid is a big deal." So yeah, he's, um, I yeah. yeah my my thoughts on a first round running back is I've been you know well documented on here, but he's he's that good, and especially with the two picks in the first round, I think. You could take a swing to possibly have a, I don't know, top six starting running back in the league next year. If that's what he like, he's he's that good. He is that good. And the running back class is pretty good. And he's still head and shoulders above the rest of them. Right. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it just I'm loving just the thought of him with Hertz back there. Like, holy shit. Imagine someone not named Miles Sanders. And as much as I like the penny pickup, obviously, he's been uh He's had some injury problems in in his career so far. So I mean, you know, I hey, it's exciting. That would be that would be super exciting to see. No doubt about it. Um, no. Okay, Titans. I, I initially had them taking Skaronski, uh, the offensive lineman from Northwestern, but here I have them taking Will Levis. I mean, they need a quarterback. The Titans. I hate to say it, Bo, as a closet Tennessee fan you are in or i accuse you of being um but they're almost <laughs> like aside from having a few guys like dudes obviously like simmons and derrick henry i mean this team feels like a bit of a disaster and i feel like they have a shit ton of holes on the roster and i feel like their trajectory is headed downward and oh, yeah. maybe, maybe you get out in front of it and if you're a will levis guy i mean he has a lot of similarities as a big dual threat quarterback to ryan Tannehill. Um, but he's a lot better of a passer and a better quarterback prospect overall. Will Levis, you know, there's reasons why I don't blame you if you don't view him as a legit, you know, starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, but there's also plenty of reasons why I understand if you do. Um, yeah. So what do you, what, what, sorry, what's your ultimate kind of prediction for him? Cause I, I have no feel for him. I cannot square the fact that he played in a prehistoric offense with no, with not a ton of talent, got beat out at Penn State, but obviously has some tools. Um, played at a big school in a big conference, but like a second tier school in that conference. Like I just, I, I don't know. I have no idea. It's, yeah. I mean, let me, <laughs> I, I certainly don't have him above any of the quarterbacks we've already mentioned. Um, yeah. And this would be too rich for my blood, personally, for Will Levis. Okay. Uh, okay. If Dude, what a sad quarterback group! Like Will Tannehill. Levis, Malik Willis, and Ryan Tannehill. Is there yeah. is there anything sadder in the game? Like that offense. Speaking of prehistoric offenses, like he'd fit right in. 
literally would fit right in with the Titans offense right now. So yeah, um, just exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not high on him at all, as you guys can tell. Um yeah, I, uh, I just I, I, yeah, I, I don't like I if this pick cross, like I I get it, but like I don't get it at the same time. Be like, like what are you guys doing? Are you trying trying to get the worst? Like, will you just not make a good pick until you have a top five pick? Right. Mm-hmm. And in that case, maybe you use that on a quarterback. So maybe they don't do this. This is a tough one to read, man. They could go a bunch of different directions. Um, but as it stands, that's what I what I have them doing here. I have the Texans with the 12th pick taking Nolan Smith. Big fan of Nolan Smith personally. Um, wow. He's not the biggest dude. He's He was hurt a fair bit. He missed a bunch of this past season with a peck, but just a phenomenal athlete and a really good leader. And here I was toying with him or Lucas Van Ness, the Iowa kid. Uh, but I actually, because I, I see there being a bit of a gap between the next edge rusher getting drafted based on team needs if it works out that way. I have Nolan Smith going here. More, you could flip a coin. A lot of people would have Lucas Van Ness here, assuming they're going in that direction, that edge rusher, rusher position. I went with the guy I like more. It's pretty much that simple. He really, uh, he really bulked up since his days at Duke, eh? Playing on the edge. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what a, what a resurgence. Um, no, but yeah, hey, he's unreal. I, this is this is not great analysis. Hey, take someone on the Georgia defense, yeah. right? Like, honestly, yeah. the, they're too deep. Was probably as as talented as you know, an all star team from the rest of the country. So, uh, you know, I I like it. I like that he, a lot. Scotty, he was the number one overall prospect to when he when he signed with Georgia too. Yeah, three or four years ago, right? Okay, yeah. 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 So, and he yeah. was the leader of that team, man. If you saw how his teammates were all. Yeah celebrating when he ran a, an awesome 40 time coming off the injury. I just like him and I'll be rooting for oh, him. Oh, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a great clip. Yep. Yeah. 13 Jets, I got him going O-line. I mean, there's some uncertainty there in terms of what's happening with their O-line. Makai Becton coming back off missing what feels like a couple of years. I feel like he hasn't even really So, Skaronski here is probably the best overall offensive lineman in the draft in terms of like the surest thing. He has 32 and a half inch arms, and I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're a tackle prospect, it does mean a lot. And um, the historical comps for, for example, Pro Bowl O-linemen with 32 and a half inch arms, I, re- I heard, uh, I forget, I think it was maybe Dane Brugler talking about this. It was on, I think it was the athletic football show uh, with Brandon Thorne. They went through it, but um, there's been like 12 players in the history of the league to make a pro bowl with 32 and a half inch arms <laughs> or shorter along the offensive line. And every single one of them was a guard. So oh, okay. in other words, no pro bowl tackles have ever had arms that short. So it, it like, it does matter when you're on it, that side. It, it matters. Yeah. Yeah. For, especially if you're a tackle. So we'll see what happens with Skaronsky. He could certainly, it'll depend where he goes. Teams may draft him to be a tackle and, and he'll sure as hell hold his own probably. Cause he's just such a technician. Like um, he's just so fundamentally sound and he, he understands he's tricky and all that. Um, but um, very likely he could be moved into guard. And then all of a sudden, you know, the jets, they need to keep Aaron Rodgers upright or, or whatever the hell happens there. So that's oh, an area yeah. where they, they could use an addition. The Patriots, unconventional i know but i have them taking who i think is the best receiver in this draft in jackson smith and jigba uh they they, like how can you possibly evaluate your quarterback's fair like you don't have tom brady there anymore so mac jones or bailey zappy aren't just going to automatically elevate whoever the hell you throw out wide into Mm. being 
fringe Pro Bowl guys or like sleeper Super Bowl MVP candidates. This is not going to happen. You have to give Mac Jones something to work with. And I'm not a Mac Jones guy and never have been. No. Like, come on. How are you going to give him a fair evaluation with what you're running out there at the skill positions? Um, I think this is a great opportunity for you to get who I think is the best receiver in the draft. I mean, he's cer- we all know. Um, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. Man. Yeah. So, and and he's a, he's a Belichick kind of receiver. Like, you know what I mean? Super shifty, super versatile. I mean, um, yeah. So I that's what I have there, and I'm sticking with it for now. You know, it's funny because, like, for his sake, I hope he doesn't go to the Patriots because they've been so useless with receivers for so long. But then it's like, I hate him. You know, so I hope he does go there. So a real two sides of the same coin or however that goes situation for me. But yeah, I, Hey, 14 seems about right. Honestly, or in that, in that range call. So yeah. Yeah. And then this is a tough one, man. The Packers are always hard to, to project. Um, I, so it'd be, wouldn't it be hilarious if they waited till Aaron Rodgers left before they invest a first round pick in like who you could argue is a skill position player, like Dalton Kincaid, the tight end here says Notre Dame. He did not go to Notre Dame folks. He went to Utah. Guess it's obvious. I had Michael Meyer there earlier, <laughs> um, but Kincaid is, uh, and listen closely. He's of that Kelsey mold in terms of like an elite pass catcher. Um, he's got the size. He can block enough, uh, but he, he would be there to catch balls and catch touchdowns. And he's, I think he's going to be really, really good. And that would be a really nice security blanket for Jordan Love to have making the transition from, you know, career backup to full-time starter. I, I agree. It would just be savage to do that, to, to get pass catcher as soon as Rodgers leaves because he hates well, it. Well, yeah. Um, Joey Porter Jr. Or let me skip down a few here. We'll go down to – or we'll stop. We'll stop at the Bucks one. Yeah. Um, because we'll spend some time there. Joey Porter Jr., man, awesome corner. Like, wow, Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez. If they're if they're the top tier, you could almost put Joey Porter hey, Jr. Right and maybe Deontay Deont- Banks just right right below them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and Washington's tough too. They could go a number of directions. They could also totally use a tight end, even though it's not listed on the positional needs page here. If you can see that, um. But uh, I haven't taken a corner because they need a corner, and they're getting a good one here at 16. I mean, that seems like good value to me. It just kind of made sense. Now, Darnell Wright, I have him going to the Steelers here at 17. Let me tell you, I would love for him to slide two more picks. Mm. Uh, big Darnell Wright guy, and he is himself is a big guy. Yeah. Uh, he's freaking awesome. He's in that that Trent Williams mold. Obviously, you can't call him Trent Williams, but he's like such a big, strong lad that it's just – Wild. Uh, Brandon Thorne was talking about how uh, when he met, shoot, oh, Trey Smith, who's the massive guard for the Chiefs coming out of Tennessee two years ago. Um, he saw him with Darnell Wright. And like, Trey Smith is massive. And he said he just paled in comparison to Darnell Wright. He couldn't believe how big this dude was, like, thick. Um, and he can move too, man. He surprised some people with some of his athleticism, potentially. Better suited to a right tackle, if you ask the trench goat, Brandon Thorne. Um, but he wants to be a left tackle, and I think he's got all the tools to do it. He's continually getting better and high ceiling for an O-lineman. High ceiling. Similar to a Mackay Becton that year, a few years ago. And I'm a bit of a sucker for the high ceiling with the mm. with the tackles. 
Well, Come it m- makes sense to the Steelers, obviously, with the young quarterback. Tough, I mean, tough season. They they look, they obviously kind of righted the ship towards the end there. But um, yeah, I mean, if he's that good. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, I just keep thinking about him with the Bucks. To be completely honest, I'm seeing Steelers beside his name, but I'm picturing him on that Bucks on that Bucks O line and thinking about what they need. And oh my God, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, he, he just to elaborate on him a little bit. He didn't give up one sack this year. And he shut. He's pleasing the SEC. He shut down Will Anderson, like he dominated Will Ander, Will Anderson. He dominated yeah. B, BJ Ojolari at LSU. Like this guy, he's got. He's played against yeah. real competition, man. So big fan of him. Kalijah Cansey. This is the the Aaron Donald 2.0 that people like to claim. Uh, very similar in terms of being an undersized guy, height wise, but a freak athlete. He does meet those two. Uh, requirements to be considered Aaron mm-hmm. Donald. He's he's just missing the like first ballot Hall of Famer credentials. Right, from. just that. Yeah, but um, I mean, it feels like the Lions have done such a good job addressing so many of their needs in such a quick period of time. I mean, you got to give it up for Brad Holmes uh, for what he's done there. And this is kind of like a another, I think, high high ceiling pick. Like it's a bit of a gamble, but they're in that position. They got a lot of good resources, especially like on the defensive side of the ball right now. So if this guy pops and ends up being like truly unique and, and productive, then there you go. You got a real winner pairing him with Aiden, Aiden Hutchison and some of the other pieces they've drafted there on the defensive side. Yeah. Defense, defense still needs some shoring up, right? For the Lions. And hey, you, if this happened, like if it was him and and Witherspoon as you as you have here, Colin, like that's a nice one two punch shot in the arm could potentially play right away, right? So oh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Now they also desperately need a tight end, if you ask me. Um, yeah. And this is the draft to need a tight end. And and uh, there's there's some really good tight ends. There's like seven legit NFL. Yeah, that's crazy. that's crazy. I'd like to see them do that at eighteen. That'd be that'd be a pretty cool pick. It would, man. Honestly. It would. Yeah. Like get a little Michael Meyer, best tight end in the country. Um, yeah, that would be more the Meyer area than right if Kincaid goes earlier. Yeah, for sure. And I got that Kincaid is unreal. By the way, sorry, just yeah. the games I saw him at Utah. Holy shit! Like just awesome, yeah. so fun to watch. See, like it's like that's what I mean about the Kelsey mold thing. He kind of moves yeah. like Kelsey. He's just yes. too nimble, too nimble for a guy that tall, like a big white guy who can move like yeah, that. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty unique. It's pretty yeah. freaking unique. It's not yeah, like it is. like Michael Meyer where it's like. Uh, where it's like, it's like Gronk esque, you know? No, totally different style of 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 tight end. Yeah, All it's right. basically it's basically him, Kelsey, and you in two thousand six, right? So <laughs> those are the big three. Exactly. Uh, Nineteen Buccaneers. Okay. I have Roderick Jones of Georgia, offensive tackle. Uh, he's just kind of like. He's like the equivalent of these like D linemen out of Georgia, except he's on the offensive side of the ball. Like, like he's just rock solid plug and play pro. And I know I mentioned Darnell Wright having the highest ceiling of these offensive tackles, but Broderick Jones may just be scratching the service surface of, of his potential. And um, to get him here, most people have him as the second, second best OT prospect, offensive tackle prospect. I got him falling to 19 here. I think it would be really good value. Um, for the Buccaneers, it clearly fits a need. I will say there's a little uh, lack of clarity regarding how things are going to unfold positionally along this Buccaneers offensive line. It feels kind of like Jason Light's just trying to like get all these guys who have some versatility and then figure it out later. Don't love that part of it, mm-hmm. um, but obviously he values versatility. 
guys like Hainsey, Gadecki's already moved around, uh, Nick Leverett. I mean, you got Jensen plugged in the middle, and then you got Werfs bookending one side. Lots either of, either one, yeah. it looks like. Yeah. Either one. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think if Broder Jones is there, I think you got to pull the trigger. Um, and I think that's that's fantastic value here in the in the bottom half of this first round. It's I just like I can't see them going any other way than OT. I feel like they're gonna take the best offensive lineman prospect that they can find on the board at that at 19 if they stay at 19. Um how long did it take for you to to come to this? Man, I've had so many different names here. Yeah. Really? What, yeah. What's your, can you give and, us and a few you, of the others? Yeah, and how do you feel? Um, I would be ecstatic if they got Broderick Jones. Okay. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. I'll be ecstatic. Like, Jason Light is very good at identifying offensive line talent. Gadecki not hitting right away. I'm not even willing to, like, call that a flop yet. A bad year. Yeah, like, it could have been. Like, he could have been out of yeah. position, right? He was a tackle in college. He, first game, he's starting at left guard. Like, soon as, you know, in that Dallas game, he played right tackle, and he had his best game of the year. That's where he played in college. Yeah. So... But again, that that falls back into what I'm saying about sort of this lack of clarity in terms of the positions that mm-hmm. everyone plays. So there's it's nice to have versatility, but also it's only fair to give some guys some a clear defined role so that they can get better in that role instead of trying to have them lo- learn everything, like Hainsey and and all these guys. But um, I'd be I'd be ecstatic to have like a legit plug and play tackle prospect, like a top four tackle, top three tackle. Okay, mm-hmm. like I'd be ecstatic. Buck, like edge rusher, is absolutely an option. You got yeah, Shaq that's Ram- that was yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So you look right below. You see Lucas Van Ness. I mean, this guy's yeah. a freak from Iowa, and he could easily be going early. He could be going yeah. eight, eight to the Falcons instead of yeah. yeah. Um, Nolan Smith could be in this situation. I mean, you got Miles Murphy from Clemson, who's who can even kick inside. And, and or or rush off the edge. He's one of those bigger bodied edge rushers, and I feel like the Bucks between Tryon Choyanka and Shaq Barrett already have two more a little more speed based edge rushers. Yeah. So maybe they want a body in there. I don't know. They got a body last year in in Hall Logan Hall didn't hit right away, but I'm sure their expectations for him haven't wavered. But mm. it's got to be trenches. I think the only exception. The only exception could be Brian Branch out of Alabama. He's a, he's listed as a safety, but oh, he's yeah. he's he's the best slot nickel corner in this draft. Oh, okay. And that's where there's a vacancy with Sean Murphy Bunting leaving. Um, and the Bucks would have a nasty secondary if they got an immediate like step in. Like he, he's really the only guy you could trust to come in and play the nickel um, at the NFL level right away. He's just kind of like a clean, hands clean. Like you know, this kid will be able to play in the nickel, but I just don't see that need as much. Um, as it's I gotta do be, o, it's gotta be O-line or, yeah. or on the edge for me. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think from, from the tackle position specifically, it falls off a pretty steep cliff after the, okay. these top tier guys, um, yeah. like can, can, maybe Anton, Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma could be in the mix, but I'm saying if you risk it to the 50th pick, which is where they pick in the second round, you're really playing with fire. Whereas you can get a BJ Ojolari potentially or uh, Derek Hall from Auburn. Like these are, are really talented, proven edge rushers that you can get later. So I just think positionally the depth of those respective positions 
I, th I think this would be the play if you got one of these top four linemen here. Um, and I'd be really happy with Broderick Jones, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that was my next question was which, like, in this draft, what's the deeper position, like, a lineman or, or an edge rush um, or any help in the trenches if it's going to be offense or defense. Mm. Um, yeah, it just feels like it's more spread out for the edge rusher position. Like, it's more yeah. scattered, you know? Like, I don't even know if I want to call it way deeper, but I don't know. Like, so hey, interesting. Th this, I think it would be pretty telling uh, what they think about uh, – Try on, try on Shoyinka's kind of uh, progression based on what they do with this pick, eh? I yeah, think, true. right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, well, I think the offensive line. Not necessarily. No, just, no, but I mean, it's, it's depth too. But I think if they were, I think it would tip their hand a little bit if they were a little bit concerned with with what JTS has done. Just throwing it out there. I, I mean, I think the I think yeah. the offensive line is the bigger need anyway. Um, I, I, I kind of agree with Colin there where it's like you got Shaq Barrett coming back off an Achilles. So true. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, true. That's so, true. So now let me, sorry, I, I've completely, you asked me what I want here. There's one more scenario. <laughs> I, I would be, if they believe like a stud tight end is here, like Kincaid Meyer, maybe even Musgrave or maybe Darnell Washington, like Ball, if they're in yeah. love with one, Fuck it. Like, do it. I would do it. I, I would rather the tackle. But if you got one of those guys and you believe he's special, like if Kincaid slipped five picks from where I have him going here and was available, I mean. That's not out of this world either. Like a no. tight end going at 15 is no. pretty high. For any tight end not named Kyle Pitts, right? Like Right. But the depth of that position, again, would way deeper. sort of yeah. say just chill get that later because i already mentioned why getting one of these top tier tackles here you could get a really good tight end at 50 still potentially he that's just went, it that's just it right yeah. that's it that's what you have to kind of discern figure out what your appetite is for it um and when you're willing to go for it so weird that the position that's like this is tight end though yeah hey, but, i feel like we don't usually get to talk it's like okay you either want to be the first or you or you want at a certain position or you want to wait and this is just I don't know. I love those guys, but you might be able to find a pretty good one late second round too. So, I, it, yeah, it's uh, it's that's interesting. Absolutely. And also, also, like, what the? It, it speaks to their shitty tight end situation now, anyway. Yeah. How disappointed those guys have been. Well, I think the NFL in general, the tight end yeah. has been a huge disappointment. If you yeah. play yeah. fantasy, if you play fantasy football and you don't own Kelsey or Mark Andrews, not even this past year he struggled, but like a couple guys, you're fucked. You like, really, you shouldn't even draft one. You should just yeah. be floating it because like the production is so um, you know hard to predict or yeah nonlinear, however you want to say it. Yeah, so. yeah, it is. So it's but but it's kind of like feels like this might be one of those drafts that kind of replenishes the position league wide, and we get some more factors uh, at that position. Before so, we not, move on, yeah, you no, know, it depends who's on the board, right? But gut feeling, you hear that the bud made a trade. Oh my! I was just, like a, was just about to ask this. I hope you, it's going down. I hope you hope it's going back. down. Okay, okay, okay. That's what I was yeah. wondering. Is if you if if there's anything that would get you excited to move up? Shit, like, yeah, like I don't know. Maybe if they got they got word of like, not really, man. I would way rather be going down. I'd way rather be yeah. going down because I think one of these top four tackles will be here personally. And I like that. But if they're in love and they they if they move up a few picks to take Darnell Wright, I mean they moved up a few one pick last time 
to get Tristan Wirfs a couple years ago, uh, then yeah, I'll be excited, you know. But I hate, <laughs> yeah. it. I hate that. You, but I hate that you have then given up draft capital in order to do it when I believe you're going to get a top four tackle at that spot. Whereas if you move down, you're acquiring additional draft capital and you still have a bunch of holes and, and shots you could take to, to better the roster for the long term. And let's not kid ourselves. The Bucks should be competitive this year, um, but they've still got got to be building for the future based on on how cash strapped they've been and things to be looking up next year. So um, I would prefer it to be a trade down. But uh, shit, yeah, I, I get to get excited about some guys. No doubt, man. Come on now. Of course, for sure. So we'll move off the Bucks, but that's where I got. I got Broderick Jones sliding to them, the Georgia tackle. Um, I think most people are, are wanting a tackle in Tampa, and uh, I think he'd be a damn good one to add. Let's just scoot right down here, and we'll, we'll do bigger chunks now. Um, from 20 to 27, Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa. He's a really interesting prospect just because he his production was relatively limited or his playing time was limited, but Iowa had such a great defense. And yeah. He was still highly productive in the snaps he got, and he's an athletic freak. And and yeah, he's I think he's, he's good, man. Yeah, yeah, he could be really good. He though. seems like, like he, yeah, yeah. He feels like he could be like a, a defensive rookie of the year type guy if he's in the right spot and just just volume and in numbers kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. We'll see when the odds come out. But I'm just thinking he's got it all, man. And if he, if obviously it depends on where he lands, like uh, like it does for all of these guys, but. Just a little, I, just a little nugget I there. I think he could kick inside. I think he could kick inside too. He can do it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Totally. He's got a crazy speed strength combination. You know, like yeah, dude. He, th- you know, he, this could easily if he were. This is a slide. Let me be clear. Yeah. Oh, it's a huge yeah. slide for him. Yeah. He'd yeah. Go eight. Like this he's is a slide in the top ten. Yeah. Totally. Um. So yeah, that'd, that'd be a hell of a pickup for the for the Seahawks. Like shit. Um. And then you got Miles uh, Murphy, Chargers again. Excuse me. I wanted a tight end to go here. I think Kincaid would be perfect here too. Of course, I keep referencing him being the perfect one, but the Chargers dealing with Kelsey so much to, to have their own to throw into that offense, like give him a weapon would be nice. But they also, like their D-line is so dependent on Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, both of whom have so much trouble staying on the field right now, that I think throwing another big body in there with some of that interior flexibility as well similar to van ness but even more so because he's such a big body and miles murphy would be a really nice rotational piece to add to take help that defense get to the next level and again they could find a tight end later and and they still have some other needs also who knows what happens with with uh eckler right like they, they could have an opening yeah. at the running back position i know you love your boy gerald everett but i just think it's they need to get some young blood in there at the tight end spot as well i mean shit we're talking about how many good tight ends are and how the league sucks yeah so a lot of teams need a the tight end, right? There. True. Um, yeah. So I think a bunch could. I got the Ravens going corner here. This could easily be a wide receiver, uh, especially with only one off the board so far. Yeah. But uh Deontay Banks, Maryland, he's nice, and this is a good spot for him to go. He's big, he's athletic, like he's right there. If you ask me, with Joey Porter Jr. in that second tier of corners. Um his tape's really nice. He's big. Yeah. He's aggressive. He's just a raven, man. He like I can just see it. And mm. he's from he's from Baltimore too, actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hendon Hooker, 
Um, I didn't have this being Hendon Hooker until late. This is one of my latest additions. I just feel like all the like at some point you got to just kind of listen to the noise, and it sounds like Hendon Hooker is going to be a first round pick. So I more or less found a place to slide him in. If I'm being completely yeah. transparent with you, like that's that's how I went about it. So um, that um, hey, that makes sense. You know, him and Kirk can talk about the Great War together. Like just just pick one. Um, no, but seriously. Uh, like he's going to be a first round pick based on everything that I've seen. He teams love him. They're not too scared off by his age. I think that, I think this is one of those cases where they're just thinking it means he's ready to, he's more like a plug and play than, Oh no, we're only getting, you know, 10 years as opposed to 14 or whatever insane thing that teams try to try to, you know, think about for the entire future. But um, yeah, I, I think that makes a ton of sense for the Vikings actually. Isn't he coming off an ACL too? Yeah, the bad injury kind of fucked their whole season, which was too bad because they had a magical yeah. year. I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. I feel like I can't talk myself into Hendon Hooker in the first round. I, I get there's some noise around it, but I just, I just don't see it for some reason. I think it's because yeah. I got burned with Malik Willis last year. Um, oh, I can just feel like Hendon Hooker's gonna. Keep I sliding, mean, there, but. He put he yeah. put up prolific numbers, Hendon Hooker. Yeah. I mean, really prolific numbers. He had he had very good receivers, but he's he's playing in the SEC. But then I've seen like advanced guys be like, dude, he can only make a read to the right side of the field. Like he, like there's lots of like big concerns too from some people. The draft community is very divided on Hooker. I'm more like I like I prefaced this pick with saying that I'm more trusting the noise that I've been hearing of late um, in terms of him. Yeah being in favor of, of some of these actual decision makers scotty i know you got to dip out uh pretty soon so yeah soon just give us the word and we'll we'll I say will. goodbye and me and bo will finish this sucker out i will i will okay i want to do this i want to do this next one i want to do the jags pick and then i'm gone all righty so yeah. um jaguars i mean they lost juan taylor uh he signed with the chiefs um as a replacement over there so they need a tackle and and this is like the next guy the last of the tackles who i think is you got to get him in the first round if you want one. And Anton Harrison, he's only 21, like on the younger end of 21. Um, he's a really good player. You know, one of those plug-and-play tackles. He's got the size, knows what he's doing, tons of experience for being so young. And uh, I think, you know, your prime objective, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, is preserving the health and well-being of none other than Trevor Lawrence. So how do you do that? You go ahead and you draft yourself a legitimate starting tackle in the NFL. He's also – he has flexibility. He's played right and left tackle. Cool. I have nothing to nothing to add. I'm glad I stayed. Was okay, I was going to say – I was like <laughs> – I, I was, was like clearing out. I was like, oh, Scott has a big Hen- Anton Harrison take. It's going to be amazing. As soon as I saw it, I knew I was going to say that. I thought it was a pretty good one. Um, but, no, I, re- I I honestly don't – I don't know much about him. Um, last thing I'll say, love Zay Flowers. Can't wait to hear what you have to say about him. I think he's going to be really good and a steal for whoever gets him at the back end. All right. Later, boys. See you, Scotty. Later, Scott. All right, Bo. We'll zip through these here, pal. Yeah. Um, Zay Flowers. Yeah. Yeah? Zay Flowers. Well, like, the one thing that I'll give to him is, like, the – Steve Smith is in love with this kid. Because he is Steve Smith. Because he yeah. is Steve Smith. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like I, I, I like I didn't see one ounce of tape on him, right? And then I listened to Steve Smith talk about it, and I was just like, "Oh man, this guy must be really good." And I watched the tape, and I'm like, "It is, it is him. It, yeah. It's exactly him." 
Yeah, he's 5'10", but he's electric. He is yeah. explosive, quick t- twitch. 12 touchdowns in 12 games last year. For Excuse me, for Boston College. He had over 70 receptions, over 1,000 yards receiving. Um, and there's some guys who you just kind of throw those traditional requirements, prototype receiver requirements you have out the window for, and he's just one of those oh, yeah. dudes. Like, I wrote for my blurb for him, like, he's just a baller. So he can win all over the field. Like it, it, That is how you would describe Steve it Smith. Is, yeah, it is exactly. Right. It's every route, and he, he runs it like it's his last. So um, Exactly. I'm excited about Dave. So I just hope he's good. And I just think – yeah, go me ahead. too. I hope the Giants go receiver here. You oh, know? God. They need like, some. You need a receiver, man. Like, come on. Let's go. Don't turn into New England. Like, get a receiver. Yeah. Uh, the Cowboys, I hate how much I like this pick for them just because I'm not a Cowboys guy, of course. Um, yeah. But Michael Meyer falling here. A lot of people have been overthinking him as a prospect. Like, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I think he's rock solid. He can play in line. You can kick him out. He can block. He can just do everything. He's a red zone monster. And he'd fit in really nicely, not only filling a vacancy they have at that position, but just adding another, you know, another relief valve another security blanket whatever cliche you want to use for Dak Prescott um and the blocking is is a nice addition as well so I think this is great value to get him it, it's amazing value and perfect with Schultz uh falling out of there so um yeah I I really like it Drew Sanders this is the only inside linebacker I have uh going in the first round I mean the Bills losing Edmonds obviously that's a big need for them. And I think the bills value that quite a bit. And I think they couldn't afford to try and pay him probably because they knew they could grab one if they're willing to do it in the first round here, they get the best one in the draft. I think that's pretty clear. Um, Jack Campbell from Iowa is real nice. And the Clemson kids nice too. But uh, Drew Sanders is definitely the most polished. He's athletic. He's a, he's, he's got it all. Like he's going to be good. Very good. Yeah. You can, and that's one of those positions you can come in and start on at play every snap as a rookie and be very effective. Right. Is it is this uh another one of the like undersized like is that uh, the knock on him? He's a little undersized. No, Drew Sanders. He meet, he is meets. He, all is he one of the bigger here. ones? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He 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 fits. You check. I was them. looking at a bunch of the linebacker rankings or whatever, and they're just like the common theme that I saw was like, oh, this guy's a little undersized. It's a little undersized, and like it seems like there's a lot of undersized linebackers in there. But if if this is the big one, then yeah, go for it. Like yeah, why yeah. not fill that hole? Yeah, he's six five, um, and I forget what he weighs, but he's six nice. five, so he's got great height. Um, okay, and then Luke Musgrave. This is a bit of a like I don't think many people have him in the first round, um, but speaking of height and speed, like he's that guy, and I think the Bengals are going to need a tight end as much as any team in football. Um, I think it would add another dimension. We saw what they did just having Hurst there. Right, who yeah. was a little more vanilla, even though you and I both like crush on him for some reason. But oh, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, but I think Musgrave is like a higher ceiling tight end. Like he could be really prolific, and he's an Oregon State Beaver boat in. Like you gotta it's, like that. That's my guy. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Um, finishing her up here, just trying to trying to close her out. We got the Saints taking Brian Brissy. Uh, you know, big defensive tackle from Clemson. He was a big prospect. Uh, you knew his name a lot throughout the collegiate season. And then as the draft got closer, he kind of started to slip down. I actually had him out. Um, I initially had Mazzy Smith from Michigan here, but I swapped them out because I think Brzee might just – that seems to be the biggest need for them, though. They need help on the D-line after losing some oh, guys. Yeah. And 
yeah. So don't hate this one just because I'm not like obsessed with Brian Brzee. And like I had the Saints taking Olave last year. I don't if you recall, and I hated it because uh, <laughs> it I love because I loved Olave. So I don't feel that way about Brian Brzee. So I'd be cool with that. Now I already talked about the Eagles. Here's their second of their two first round picks. They would love to address the trenches. I I again think they'll try to move up to get Jalen Carter. Um, I really do. But here, this couldn't be better suited to them if they if yeah. they're not going to be able to do that. Why reach on why reach on a D lineman if you can get the best nickel corner in the draft to to replace uh, Chauncey Garner Johnson? It's it's the one area of the back end of their defense they weren't able to carry over from that Super Bowl appearance appearance. We already talked about Brian Branch a bit. He's ready to play right away. It's a super yeah. nice fit. Great value. Love that. Quentin Johnson. I think the Chiefs Chiefs need a guy who can go up and get it, right? Like I think that would be a nice, nice way to to add a new dimension. I know they got they got Kelsey, but if you have a guy on the outside who can just go up and get it, I mean Quentin Johnson's got what I like he's got Mike Williams ishness to me. Yeah, like he's kind of like that type of receiver. There's a lot of like he could easily slip out of the first round, um, but there's also rumors he's been in working out with those guys and like just. Oh know, really? There's pictures of him throwing with Mahomes and shit. And nice. uh, so again, this is one of those where I'm more going off trusting some of the noise that I'm hearing um, from some of the guys who are plugged in. One of the things that like I watched a little bit of tape on Quentin Johnson. I just I'm always addicted to the wide receiver tape. Um, the hands concern me a little bit. I feel like he traps a lot of balls. It's a lot of body catches. And it's just like, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of that. And that's, this is a perfect one to end on because I'm, I'm sad that my guy, uh, Jordan Addison isn't in there. Cause I feel like he's got the hands that I like. And he's got the, almost like that Jahan Dotson vibe of, I can catch anything anywhere at any time. Yo, man, that's totally fair. That is Jordan Addison. I just don't know if I see the fit there. Cause they got Kadarius, Tony fair. and they got sky Moore. Who are just yeah, both yeah. undersized dudes with wiggle? You know I what know. I'm saying. So it it's just, more. It's more like I wanted Jordan Addison. I wanted a reason to talk about Jordan Addison in the first round. So in mock 2.0, throw me a bone. Throw me a little. Yo, bit man, of- might happen. I'm beat up that I couldn't include Will McDonald. Um, uh, yeah. guy who could be in play for the Bucks at 19. Iowa State's edge rusher. He is dynamite. Uh, we got a Bengals fan in the building. Brian Wood. Uh, Woody says, boom for GM for the Bengals. Love the pick. I like that. Woody knows his shit, so I'll take his, <laughs> his approval. Um, anyway, on that note, there we go, man. 1 through 31. Uh, that is my first mock draft. It'll be coming out in article form on BucksGameDay.com, the only Sports Illustrated website dedicated specific, specifically to covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am Colin. This is Bodan. Shout out to Scott for being on earlier. Make sure you follow all of us on Twitter and make sure you subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Like and turn those notifications on. Can't wait. It's draft season. We will be back in a week's time, just a night before the draft, I assume, unless scheduling interferes with that. But I think you'll hear from us at least once more before the NFL draft kicks off next Thursday. I can't wait. I live for this. So um, on that note, thanks for joining, folks. Be well. Go Bucks. Till next time.